President Obama signs the 21st Century Cures Act, a look at the new law's impact on healthcare information privacy and security. And a massive malvertising campaign hits MSN and Yahoo. These stories and more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We start off today's report with news of a new law that has an impact on healthcare security and privacy. President Obama is signing this week the 21st Century Cures Act that passed Congress last week. Healthcare Info Security Executive Editor Marianne Kolbesak-McGee has been following the progress of the legislation through Congress and joins me to discuss the new law. Welcome, Marianne. Hi, Eric. The new law lays out a number of privacy and security-related projects for the Department of Health and Human Services. What parts of the new law will have the greatest impact on those responsible for healthcare privacy and security? The bill includes several privacy and security-related provisions. Among them are provisions that include imposing civil monetary penalties for organizations that participate in intentional information blocking, so basically not agreeing to share information, a provision about improving the sharing of mental health data, including requiring the the Department of Health and Human Services Office for Civil Rights to issue new guidance related to the disclosure of mental health and substance abuse information under HIPAA, and then also requiring the General Accountability Office to study the issue of patient ID matching to ensure that individuals are correctly identified with their information so that treatment decisions are not messed up. Will this law make a significant difference on healthcare privacy and security? The point here is that many of the privacy and security provisions that are in the bill don't necessarily change current regulations, but rather put a spotlight on what's currently permitted under HIPAA, for instance. Privacy attorney Kirk Nara of the law firm Wiley-Wine contends, for example, that the bill contains only relatively modest privacy provisions that won't have any large impact in the big picture. The law includes funding for HIPAA compliance training. What's that about? The bill proposes appropriation funding totaling $10 million over four years for HIPAA training. The bill calls for the Office for Civil Rights with experts to develop and disseminate HIPAA training for healthcare providers as well as patients and their families regarding the permitted uses and disclosure of protected health information of patients seeking or undergoing mental health or substance abuse treatment. Lawmakers have been working on this legislation for three years, originally included a provision to allow patients' protected health information to be used and disclosed for research purposes without their authorization under certain circumstances. What happened? the privacy advocates likely pushed back on that and the potential loss of control that patients might have had in terms of their sensitive health information potentially being used for research that they were unaware of or perhaps even opposed to. Instead, the bill now calls for a new working group to report to HHS about recommendations on whether the uses and disclosure protected health information for research purposes should be modified while at the same time protecting individuals' privacy rights. Thanks, Marianne. Thanks, Eric. A massive malicious advertising campaign has resurfaced on major publishing websites, including Yahoo and MSN. Here's ISMG Security and Technology Editor Jeremy Kirk with the details. It comes just a few months after researchers thought they'd nipped it in the bud. The fresh attacks come from a group dubbed AdGolas, which uses extremely effective technical tricks to deliver malware to computers through advertisements, which is often referred to as malvertising. 
Malvertising has proved to be one of the most effective ways to infect large numbers of computers. Malicious ads are seeded into ad networks, and if viewed, can automatically trigger an attack that can deliver banking trojans and ransomware. Users are completely unaware they've been infected. Adgolis's ads are particularly hard to detect because they contain encrypted malicious JavaScript that's hidden in images. Hiding code in images is known as steganography. The attacks observed in July attributed to Adgolis were believed to be the first time steganography had been used for malvertising. The group also carefully screens computers before launching an attack in order to avoid attention from security researchers. Jerome Segura, the lead malware intelligence analyst at Malwarebyte, says he's never seen a malware campaign do such extensive checks to pick out the most choice victims. You know, it is the most advanced malvertising attack that I've ever witnessed. The group is very paranoid. During the multi stages of the attack, they, they check multiple times whether you are a genuine user. And that's something that we rarely ever see. Once a victim is picked, the browser is directed to a landing page that hosts an exploit kit called Astrum, which is not widely used but has been around for a few years. The kit then tries to exploit vulnerabilities in Adobe Systems Flash Player. Segura notified Yahoo around November 27th of the attacks. But just two days later, the malicious advertisements appeared once again. Adgolis had merely changed the domain that it used for the attacks and that a new one was actually hosted on the same IP address as the old one. Apparently, the ad networks didn't notice. Even now, you know, after it's been caught again, I don't see what's going to prevent it from a month from now to start all over again. Between the reports to Yahoo, seeing it from one domain and then, you know, literally two days later on another one that was actually on the same IP address. I thought, okay, if, if they're not seeing it, we're in serious trouble here because these attacks are happening and nobody's really aware of them. While the ad industry has realized that the infiltration of their networks by cybercriminals poses a threat, it is struggling to get a handle on the problem. That's due to the complex way ads are distributed and the carefully tested methods used by hackers. The online ad industry has taken note, however, and acknowledged it's a threat to their businesses. But as structured now, the industry is focused on speed rather than security, a trade-off that it may not be able to make much longer. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. An internal investigation into the February theft of $81 million from the Central Bank of Bangladesh reportedly found that a handful of negligent and careless bank officials inadvertently helped facilitate the heist by outside hackers. To discuss these latest developments, I'm joined by Data Breach Today editor, Matt Schwartz. Hi, Matt. Hello, Eric. Before we get into the latest news, refresh our memories about the heist. The $81 million theft from the Central Bank of Bangladesh went down in February and was discovered in March. In brief, attackers managed to transfer, using swift interbank messages, nearly a billion dollars from Bangladesh Bank's account with the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. A lot of that money was recovered, except for $81 million, which remains outstanding. Investigators say that it was laundered via casinos in the Philippines and appears to have first been deposited into Philippine bank RCBC. So what's new in this case? There's more information coming to light about an internal investigation that the Bangladesh bank conducted 
It looks like the investigation wrapped in May. There have been no arrests in relation to this case, no matter the fact that Bangladesh is investigating, the Philippines are investigating, as is the FBI and Interpol. What is new is the bank says that it did find five careless and negligent officials, no one high ranking, but some low to medium level officials who it says could have done a better job while noting that they weren't the ones who actually hacked the bank. As you mentioned, there's a Philippine connection. What did the Philippine authorities say about this case? The Philippine authorities have been cracking down on RCBC. They slammed the bank with the largest ever fine imposed by a Philippine regulator. That was in August. It was 1 billion pesos, which is equivalent to about $20 million. The Anti-Money Laundering Council in the Philippines has also filed charges against five current and former RCBC officials. One of those officials is the former treasurer of RCBC, who resigned in April. He's been charged with failing to spot and investigate the suspicious transactions that were tied to the Bangladesh Bank heist. Authorities say that he should have seen what was going on. They should have been red flags. And the illegal activity could perhaps have been stopped had the bank official done his job. Although there have been these five charges, there are no reports that any of the five individuals have actually been arrested. What happens next? Bangladesh Bank is talking about sharing the results of its internal investigation with the Philippine authorities. The Philippine government has urged them in very strong terms to please do so. Bangladesh is looking for someone to pin the blame for the attacks on and also looking to get its money back. Now, the problem is if the money has been laundered through casinos in the Philippines, there's not necessarily anyone who, legally speaking, the bank could compel to get its money back. It's trying to argue that RCBC is culpable, legally speaking. But once hackers have stolen your money, I would think there's probably not a great chance that you're ever going to see it again. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time. Oh,